everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiroz. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más. So today we're talking with Rebecca Cox, CEO and founder of Project Olas, and Rishma Vora, Director of Communication for Project Olas. Both are sophomores in School of Foreign Service in Georgetown. Uh, thank you, ladies, for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. So my name is Rishma Vora. I'm a sophomore in the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown University, and I'm thinking of studying international politics and minoring in Spanish. Um, I'm originally from upstate New York, and I got involved with Project OLAS because I'm passionate about language learning and social impact, and I've been able to make some of my best friends through this organization and also be a part of this revolution that's really bridged lives together and created a better world. Thank uh -huh. you. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm Rebecca. I'm I'm the CEO and founder of Olas. My my path to Georgetown was a little, um, how would you say that, unconventional. Um, I lived in Spain for two years with a host family, um, and it was mm -hmm. actually a mom that led me to do that. I I lost my own mom when I was 10 years old. Um, mm -hmm. She had breast cancer, and she passed away when I was 10. But then. In Spain, I was supposed to do a, a year abroad, and it turned into two years because I met this really special woman, Isabel, who was my host mom. And that's when I kind of first saw the power of, of moms, and that led me mm -hmm. to extend my visa. And um, yeah, I graduated from a local public school in El Bachillerato Español. And um, I actually applied to Georgetown from the Spanish public school system, so that was an adventure. And um, yeah, I think in at Georgetown, I got involved with um, DC schools, which is in-home tutoring for recent immigrants. And a lot of things just sort of fell together. And it always seemed like the way I wanted to spend my life. So uh, there we go. We, we launched, uh, yeah, we launched, uh, we launched our pilot program in April. And then we launched official, well, we launched officially in early May. I, I think it, I think that's how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing both of you guys. And thank you for being with us today. I see that both of you, uh, you had a different, you know, route to uh, Georgetown. Just to introduce um, Project Olas. So Project Olas funded uh, Georgetown University in 2020. Project Olas began as a student-led social impact venture and has quickly expanded across the state lines and national borders. They provide sustainable income opportunity for moms in vulnerable Central America communities by offering um, people Spanish lessons through live via WhatsApp. Um, so I'm very excited to talk about you ladies about this, uh, your project and how, you know, the connections with uh, moms in Guatemala. So just to start, how did both of you guys met and the rest of the team? Yeah, that's actually uh, a really interesting question because we kind of launched right um, as COVID was starting to become like very severe. So mm -hmm. um, I actually met Rebecca um, the day before my flight home for spring break. And then we never ended up getting to go back to Georgetown. So, um, I got introduced to Olas because Rebecca came into my Spanish class and just talked mm -hmm. about 
the work she's doing. And I immediately thought that this is something I want to get involved with. So I emailed her and I met her for coffee. And then next thing you know, I'm home um, and we're having like just dozens and dozens of Zoom calls every week um, to try to pull this thing together. And now six months later, we have a fully operating business and we've expanded to lots of different locations across the country. Um, And um, just until recently, I hadn't actually met anyone um, Mm -hmm. on the team, but they've all become like a family to me. So um, it's been really incredible to find a source of connection during the pandemic, both for Mm -hmm. our team, but also for our students and our moms. Definitely, definitely. And I think that um, that's how it this, I, I feel like that's going to be the new normality. I hope you guys can meet soon. Um, as I, I told you girls before recording, I met Susan too. Uh, Susan couldn't be with us today, but I'm, I have never met Susan in person. And we just started everything, like I said, Zoom calls, planning. So I'm, I, I think that is very amazing how you guys were able to start this uh, project. And now you said like a full-on business um, during a pandemic who is very unique um so for rebecca how does the idea of project all as started yeah that's a that's a good question too um well i already told you a little bit about why motherly relationships were have always been so important to me you know i i think it was just it was something that i was always really aware of after losing my mom how important and special these relationships were um and then yeah coming to dc and just seeing the Georgetown bubble, like just seeing how many opportunities we have available to us, seeing how beautiful everything is, and just realizing that this is not the real world. Um, and, and and that sort of that stark contrast came from me getting involved with DC Schools, which is this campus organization um, through the Center for Social Justice. You would go, you would take a bus ride twice a week into Brightwood in my case and I would do in-home tutoring for a family from El Salvador and through that experience I just I don't know I just saw the the difference in life experience um from my peers at Georgetown to this family and I also understood the remittance statistics um for El Salvador I mean I'd never been (laughs) I'd never been but I understood just how um like what quality of, of life must look like down there. So, and I, and I also noticed very importantly that my, the mom of that household, who I also connected with Maria used WhatsApp all the time to communicate with her family back in El Salvador. So through those, those things, I ended up reaching out to um, an organization that I knew from my home state of Maine called Camino Seguro or Safe Passage who operate in Guatemala. And we ended up, ended up talking with the director of an, one of their um, programs and we ended up partnering with that program and working with the moms that they work with. Uh, and um, yeah, the rest has kind of been history. No, it was really, really nice. And, you know, I think both of you very much because, you know, it's, it's true. Like you said, you know, like is the reality of, you know, like my family, reality of many families, we communicate through via WhatsApp. And as I mentioned, very interested of knowing how that works because that's something I use all the time to communicate with my dad back in Honduras, to my family, to communicate even to my family who have migrated to Spain. And 
I'm very thankful to, you know, to see how the connection of moms of, because as you said, you have a special um, place of how moms, the connection of communication through it. Like I live with my mom and I, the communication that I have with my mom is a very best friend, you know, type of communication. So, uh, she is like my best friend. I don't, I don't consider no other person, my best friend, like she's as close as I can be. And I truly understand. And I, I completely agree how moms can be in a way caring and loving and the way they teach, the way they talk to others, even if they're not their kids, I think they have a special touch of love and caring. So, um, I know you guys work mainly with, you know, moms in Guatemala. And I wanted to ask you why Guatemala is that was because of the Camino Seguro? Um, sort of. Yeah. I think the reason that I was attracted to Camino Seguro though, was because I, um, well, I mean, it's such a powerful story what they've done. I grew up in this small town, Maine. I couldn't imagine anything like Guatemala, but I heard these stories about the Guatemala city garbage dump. And I saw pictures of, you know, this, this community, Zona Tres, that's just like a giant, giant landfill with people living in champas around it and scavenging to make three to five dollars a day. Um, that so I just I just and I and I, I understood that um, the the skill that students lack in the classroom isn't grammar or writing or speaking really about esoteric political what have you. The skill that students lack is speaking and listening and just having these normal conversations. And students really crave this motherly love when they're trying to speak a language they've never spoken before. I certainly did. So I I just had this hunch that supply would meet demand and it just ended up ended up working out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I just wanted to add something to that. So we've been working with this community now for about six months and um, I guess I didn't really realize like the quantitative side of everything and I've I've just been doing a little bit of research about um, the garbage dump and its impacts on on the laborers that work there and I didn't realize the sheer size um, of the dump and I realized that it's 40 acres wide um, and the the toxic chemicals um, that infiltrate into the the workers is just has long-term health effects so what project olas does it is it allows moms to be able to earn an income um that is significantly more than um, what they earned in the dump while also having the safety of their own homes so not only are they safe from the toxic chemicals and terrible working conditions within the dump, but also they can quarantine during this global pandemic. Um, and with Olas, they make um, what they used to an entire day of work in the garbage dump, just one hour of lessons to students via WhatsApp. So this has really revolutionized the way um, that these moms earn an income and also provided them safety during this really unprecedented time. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very um, important and it's very, how can I say this word? Um, I'm very thankful because, you know, like as in Central America, we have seen the disproportion of pay 
Uh, and, you know, like even me, when I was living in Honduras, I never in a million years thought that people actually live in the garbage dump. You know, like that took me for me to migrate and to learn more about my region. Right. Because it's, you know, we sometimes don't see what is in close to us until we migrate um, to other countries. And I feel like um, especially in Guatemala and Central America and most of the region of, you know, Latin America, how sometimes the pay and the labor that this, you know, moms specifically, which the majority, I, I think their single moms have to do is to mainly to provide their kids, right? To provide their kids, to provide um, educational support, to provide food and everything while they have to go out and work. And I feel like sometimes because of the structure of family, how, you know, sometimes they don't have a dad close to them. Um, sometimes kids have to provide um for for um and to help the mom and i think uh to having resources like you know project all this that you guys are giving and and you know a sustainable income because incomes back in central america are not sustainable like we're talking about this like um i don't know i'm not very familiar of the minimum wage in in guatemala but i know it is very low of how a family can have sustainable you know like having an actual like household with food and education and the proper health. Um, but I feel like having this opportunity that you guys are giving moms to have that is, is, is giving an option to be there with their children, especially right now where they don't, where they cannot go outside, you know, like for school, um, there's giving uh, families where they can provide food, health and support there. So I think it's, I'm very like, like I mentioned, you guys, since you guys reach out, I was very interested in how everything works and how, you know, this new format of teaching Spanish, because as as you said, you know, like there's one thing of teaching Spanish, of writing and reading. Another one is having an actual conversation and how you react to someone in a full on conversation. I was just going to say, yeah, to your point about our impact. Um yeah, there, there's definitely a, there's a lot of things going on, and a lot of them I didn't expect. I mean, we launched, as Richmond was talking about, we launched the day that COVID hit Guatemala because our a local partner organization had to shut down. So where the moms had been accustomed to going to work in the sewing program or other programs that Gramos, our, our partner organization, had, because of the government shutdown on, on educational facilities, they could no longer do that. So it was just suddenly this super stark choice where they had to go back the Guatemala City garbage dump, or just not have any way to provide their family with, of course, the added danger of contracting the virus in the, the garbage dump, touching. Um, t- so, so there's there's just that's a super simple impact that we have. Then there's the monetary piece where, yeah, like as Rishma said, five dollars in one hour versus five dollars in an entire day on a good day. But I think that one of the impacts that I didn't expect, but I don't think can be overlooked, is the psychological factor. Um, because moms now their entire families call them senior, which I don't I didn't know that word before because that's I think it's a Guatemalan. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like they call each other teacher. They we've we've heard from our local coordinators that the whole style of communication has changed, even within their families and with each other. Like that that perception of being a teacher that identity as a teacher and not not just perception like literally being a teacher 
it, it, it carries forward into their daily lives. So they they have an, an, a different outlook in some way um, because they it's just this, this different this opportunity to tell your story in a different way. Because I think that our NGO partner does a really, really good job not doing this, but there are so many NGOs out there. There are so many uh, news articles out there that portray these communities as these hopeless places and the people within them as hopeless. And that's just so not true. You know, it's impossible to, to look at a mom and, and use unpower, unempowering language to describe her once you've actually talked with her because they are such leaders. They are such resilient women. So just, just all we've done is create the platform for them to tell these resilient stories that they've always had. And I think through that, they've begun to see their own their own strength in that in a different way and communicate that strength in a different way. And that's one of the things that really gives me goosebumps about the program, even more than our immediate monetary impact. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess I can kind of speak, um, I guess Rebecca kind of touched on the mom side and I can speak to the student experience. Um, as a Spanish student myself, I found myself struggling a lot with confidence. Um, as a Spanish speaker, I would be given all these like drills of writing and um, grammar and reading, but I didn't feel like I could just go to a Spanish speaking country and feel confident um, immersing myself in the language and culture. So um, I think what our students have found is that not only are they don't, not only do they have the opportunity to converse with a native speaker, um, and build their confidence skills, but also they're simultaneously learning about the culture, the traditions, the history um, of Guatemala and Guatemala City, and really like the micro, the lives of these moms and their families. And um, through these months, a lot of our students and our moms have developed very, very, very close relationships and friendships in which um, some of our students describe their moms as like their best friends. And we have one student in particular who um, recorded a, a conversation of when um, her mom, Jeanette, and her first said, te quiero, or I love you, um, which is a really beautiful moment. And yeah, I think just in that way, Olas offers something that other language companies can't, which is this beautiful cross-cultural connection and um like a lifelong friendship as well. Yeah, Rishma, I could not have said it better. Like that's, that is so exciting to me that students are getting this experience because I think that oftentimes our learning is so disconnected from the real world and people. And I think that it's, with language learning, especially I'm learning languages to be able to connect with others and to expand my world. So OWASP, Olas tries to fill that need, not just the, you know, beyond the conjugations and the grammar. And then, yeah, that, that motherly love, that, that bond um, is something that, you know, I haven't seen in other, in their Spanish service do. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's very important how Rishma said us, as, as, you know, personally, me, English is my second language. I would have never thought in a million years, like how, you know, language connected to a different world, right? And I mainly learned English by talking to others, right? I, I mean, I was technically first because after I moved here, but back in my country, like 
it was like, oh, you're going to give me a book or you're going to give me letters, how to write and how to pronounce it. But you're not going to teach me how to have an actual conversation with someone, you know, and I think that is very unique. And having someone to have the connection, I think I is what I, I think it makes it very unique for you guys, um, you know, Project Olas. So as I'm very excited to ask this question and, you know, like knowing how like everything works. Um, so as I mentioned before, like, you know, I, I use WhatsApp for my family and I think many of our audience use WhatsApp to connect back to Central America and then other parts of the world. How does the class process work through WhatsApp? Yeah, um, I, I can answer that one. So basically you go to our website, you click purchase and the rest is pretty much done by, by people. We keep it pretty um, human centric. Our programming team figures out what mom needs a new student right now and we are a good fit with personality wise, et cetera, et cetera. And we open up just a WhatsApp group chat with um, a couple moderators. And in case you have any questions or there, we have a specialized curriculum that we've created that facilitates deeper conversation and more personal conversation. So we give students access to that. And then it's really the moms take it away and introduce, introduce themselves and we, we find the students gravitate towards the audio memos because that allows them to repeat um, what, what's being said over and over again. Um, and I think it's awesome because WhatsApp is so much better at that than most other platforms. Um, sometimes students will use video calls. We've actually expanded to Zoom a little bit. Um, so there's, we, we are, you know, we're looking to diversify our plat platforms, but I, I think WhatsApp has worked really well for us in the beginning. Yeah, and we also just wanted to respect kind of what the moms already have familiarity and comfort with. And we just did a little bit of research about um, just like tech penetration in Central America. And and as you said, WhatsApp is widely used. So we just thought it, it would be best to just amplify a platform that the moms already love and know how to use and that students can easily use. And then just go from there instead of just developing like a whole nother platform that would get super complicated. Oh yeah. That's a super important point that um, I definitely forgot to mention earlier, but in February when Olas was just an idea and I was on the phone with Hannah Sklar, who's the director of Paramos. Um, my first question was how many women in your community have access to WhatsApp uh, or access to a mobile phone and use WhatsApp because yeah, I've done a little research into communications technology penetration. It turns out that Guatemala has actually experienced much more rapid contact penetration than other countries in Central America. But Central America is on this incredible increase. Like four years ago, OLAS would not have been possible. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and we found out that 70% of the community actually has access to, to WhatsApp and uses that. So it's really, really exciting to see how this new expansion of technology can connect us in a new way yeah definitely and um you know like uh, it was very interesting because you know like i i never thought like there can be a thing right actually having class through whatsapp and that connection and you know it's, it's something that i was very interesting and in knowing like how can that work how is that possible and um it's very interesting. And I know you guys have a plan. Like, I, I think I saw on your website how you guys have, like, a different plans. But my question right now is, like, how you guys put, like, you know, it's very 
you said like it, it goes to a questionnaire you guys pair the person through the mom and you know it goes through a process the group and then, then the actual shot and sorry shot and you know video voice notes uh but do you guys have like levels like let's say like someone that is and beginner to spanish like how does the person get paired to the mom or compared to someone who is like um intermediate or advanced in spanish yeah i can i can take that one too for um yeah just to explain there um so we have kind of developed a a way of thinking about moms where we call some moms superstar moms and some moms wisdom moms <laughs> just based on our training program that's just a little inside uh kind of categorization and there's that's definitely not black and white but we th usually we have we employ superstar moms who are you know young moms probably had kids in high school like they're in their early 20s and super smart i'm thinking of one mom specifically karen who is going to become a lawyer or a doctor and she just she's just brilliant and amazing to work with um and so those moms we train for we train them to speak english and we also train them to work with beginners because they're really capable of learning conceptually um, and they just latch onto it really quick and we've created a beginner curriculum. So we pair beginner students with them. And then wisdom moms are moms like one mom, Myrna, who's actually a, a grandma, grandma and her daughter is an is Ola's mom also. Um, so wisdom, <laughs> wisdom moms are people who work with more advanced speakers, but they have amazing you know, wisdom, they have amazing stories, they have a really, really interesting life perspectives. Um, so they, they're paired with our intermediate to advanced speakers. They don't, yeah, we, they don't really work with beginners, but for an advanced speaker, it's just, a, it's really a joy to, to learn with them. Right. And our, um, our plans themselves are actually broken down Um, not by level, but by length. So students can choose, um, do I just want to try OLAS out? I'm not sure, you know, what they really offer. I don't know what it would be like. They can try a single session in which they just try out a lesson once. Um, we also have a monthly plan and a 12-week plan. Um, and so our OLAS dozen, that's our um, our favorite because it is the most sustainable plan um, in that it's the longest and um, it allows for our students to create um, a super strong relationship with their with their mom or with their tutor. So um, I guess students can really just choose what works for what, what works best with their schedule. Um, and a lot of our students, especially as the fall semester has started, have found that OLAS lessons are a really nice complement to their Spanish courses in school or in college. So for example, I'm in Repaso Oral right now. So all of my Spanish class is based on speaking assessments um, and which is really scary. And so um, just like having that complement um, has been really helpful for a lot of students because they can, you know, do the more formal assessments in class and then have like a casual Um, and meaningful conversation in which they can build their confidence every week. Oh, and we should add additionally, um, we don't just have um, 
Spanish learners, we also have some heritage speakers and native speakers who are just interested in connecting back to their roots in a lot of ways and getting the cross-cultural connection and supporting a mom. And so that that's the piece too, that they're kind of on another level, but we love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I, you know, you guys bring like a smile to my to a phase when you mentioned like, you know, the grandmas, because isn't it amazing how like grandmas now, like they are so like, they learn so fast technology. Like, because my grandma's always on WhatsApp. <laughs> and, like, it's, you know, like you just remind me of my grandma, how like sometimes I ask her like, oh, like, Grandma, like, ¿cómo se escribe? Like, oh, how do you spell this one? Like, they say, like, I'm missing, like, an accent or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why don't you Google it? Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, what, Grandma? And she's like, yeah, when I don't know how to spell a word, like, I just Google it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, <laughs> so, you know, like, I'm very, like, happy to see that you guys um have a, like, a wild, diverse type of moms like moms that can work with in you know like beginners intermediate and advanced and those who are like want to connect back to culture and then there's not only like young moms like also grandmas because i always say that we all learn from uh something from a different period like you can always learn from one another right everyone has their story and i think that is very beautiful how not only by learning a language, but also by learning like a story, cultural traditions can be very helpful um, to learn another language. Um, so right now that you guys provided like um, like how the plants work and how, you know, the connection and how you guys divide it through um, the levels of, you know, Spanish mainly, um, what other resources are to all us moms? In addition to... Like our students interacting with the moms, um, many members on our team directly interact with our moms. So, for example, our director of training, Valeria, um, she's originally from Mexico, um, so she's a native speaker. Um, And so we've paired her to conduct the trainings with the moms. So she teaches some of the moms some basic English um, understanding and also just trains them generally on um, providing lessons to these students and um, furthers their personal and professional development, which is kind of what um, OLAS moms gain out of out of our programming in the long term. So this is something tangible that that OLAS moms can put on their resume as they they go on in their lives. A lot of them, like Rebecca mentioned, have these really beautiful goals of becoming a teacher or becoming a lawyer or a doctor. And um, with OLAS, they're gaining this ability to um, interact with others, teach others, um, and really just grow into their own self and develop as professionals as they navigate through their careers. So um, we find that to be one of the the best things that we can uh, engage with. Yeah. So it's a, to add on to that exactly like we like Rishma said moms have a lot of moms have big dreams so we offer compensated training programs all of our all of our training programs for just our, our language learning services are compensated we also offer voluntary English lessons that are compensated as well so moms who want to do that receive receive that service and then 
In addition to that, we subsidize Wi-Fi and data costs um, through because that's something that moms need to use for the program, but they can also use it for their everyday needs. So we're able to put up the money at the beginning of the month for them to have unlimited data. Um, and then, of course, yeah, the conversations themselves and the connections. Um, yeah, so we, we really we really base our approach on, as Rishma was talking about, you know, the mom's goals. We want to be a stepping stone. We want to increase confidence, increase those soft skills that they need, you know, time management, communication, all those things. So that for a lot of the young moms, their futures can be even brighter. Yeah, definitely. And, I, and yeah, I had that question I, that I was thinking right now. I was like, oh, you know, like, do you guys provide the coverage or like the data? Um, but I'm very thankful that you guys do as, you know, as we speak, because, you know, it, it can be it can get very expensive throughout. And I'm very glad you guys provide that for them. And also the complimentary English classes, how, you know, nowadays, you know, learning another language is very important. And even in Central America, where, you know, the main language is, well, in Guatemala too, the primary language is uh, Spanish. I know there's many like indigenous um, moms who want to have, you know, like they have been learning, they know they're native language and they have been learning Spanish, but they want to expand their language to English. And I think that is very, very beneficial. So how the moms are selected, I know you touched a little bit on that. And how are they paid? Yeah, I, I can explain that. Um, with, with the mom's selection, you know, I trust our NGO partnership. You know, they, they employ... We also employ someone from the community. We employ a mom, mm -hmm. um, a mom that grew up in the community herself as a local coordinator. So mm -hmm. we created the leadership structure in the community, and a lot of the a lot of choosing of moms comes through her and other, you know, Guatemala natives and people who've been working with the moms for years because we think that mm -hmm. they will know best who's who's a fit for the program. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, but generally, we look for people who are extroverted and people who can carry on a conversation and just people who are warm and, and loving. That's, mm -hmm. that's basically the prerequisites to join. <laughs> and then, yeah. In terms of your second question about, sorry, what was that again? It was, um, that technically how they get paid, like how oh, does right. the go to, yeah. that's yeah. a really important question. And we're, we've been very careful about this and we worked with the partner organization to establish our wages. Um, so yeah, you probably heard us, mentioned we throw around the number five dollars mm -hmm. in an hour which is mm -hmm. and normally in the garbage dump scavenging they'd make three to five dollars per day and mm -hmm. we found that that's kind of the perfect number because it's it's a much more sustainable option it's it's much much better than what they're currently making but we've also found in a, in a way that i wasn't expecting at all uh, have offering a kind of you know, DC minimum wage type thing would actually mm -hmm. create pretty bad dynamics within the community. We've had these mm -hmm. conversations with our partnership organization. Not that we even can offer that because of our own, you know, overhead costs. But mm -hmm. it's been it's been really really important to look at that because I think a lot of NGOs might over overlook the the, the issue the issues that are created when you create a cycle of dependency or just the, mm -hmm. the jealousy aspect. It's like mm -hmm. I, I thought about it as if 
you know, Georgetown has work study positions. I, I'm on financial aid, so I get work study. And DC minimum wage is $15 per hour. So most work study jobs are $15 per hour, or maybe 17 if you're really lucky. But it would be like having a, three work study jobs that were $100 per hour. And mm-hmm. only and people were selected at random to get them. So we're really comp- we're really careful to take the community dynamics into uh, into consideration and provide the educational aspects as well. And provide we 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 tend to we go for providing more classes per week than kind mm-hmm. of big sums of money in an hour, like way bigger than is what would be than any than any other job that they could even get in like the center you know but i don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah that that, that sort of makes sense yeah i just you know like i wanted to ask because as as we speak you know and there's so many people like i mean like well how do they get paid like is a class through whatsapp like how did they recorded the the hours it's just you know like i just wanted to be to ask the question because it's it like i said i didn't know how a class through whatsapp would work and I'm very thankful that, you know, like how you, you guys make it as easier, not only for the moms, but for the student and how they get to provide, you know, an income. And is I, I feel like it's five dollars. What is the translation to get selling Guatemala? It's like, do you guys have? OK, yeah. So I think that's through um, an hour, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that is a very, you know, good amount. Um as they provide, you know, like sustainable living and provide to their family. I think it's, it's, it's a very, I think it's not like too much or too little. I think that's a perfect one. Yeah. Um, and it's something you don't recognize, but like, that's something I wouldn't have realized that there's a, there's a, there's a Goldilocks amount. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why it's important to have a partner organization and have, have people that you trust from the community saying this, is, these are the dynamics. This is what's happened before when we've had other things. This is where, mm-hmm. this is that Goldilocks, um, level yeah and um one of the questions that i am very like because as as you want and i hope you guys go grow because it's a very unique way of learning and i know you guys are doing it you know like with an open heart and how like especially with moms who like i we have talked how important they are to our lives and how for your lives um and learning do you guys are planning to expand to other countries other than guatemala like through the rest of Central America, maybe South America, or like Mexico. Oh, or- yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that, Richman? Sure, yeah, I can talk about that. So, um, so again, we've been around for only a couple months, mm-hmm. but we do have really long-term goals that are really exciting for us. So, yes, um, eventually we do want to expand to other countries, um, specifically within Central America, but also even beyond that, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um And I think something we're trying to balance is like really investing in one community um, versus like expanding to other countries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the garbage dump is so, so big and the community we work with is just one out of so many, even within this Mm -hmm. one, you know, basurero. So, um, and, and our, our partner organization Creamos has a lot more capacity for us to um, employ more moms. So we definitely do want to continue uh-huh. working in the community that we're currently working in. Um, uh-huh. But with time, we would like to expand to other um, communities within Guatemala, but also within Central America. So um, even though the garbage dump is the largest 
the garbage dump in Guatemala City is the largest in Central America. Um, mm-hmm. There are so, so many other garbage dumps located in other um, countries across the world. So, um, for example, there's a large one in Paraguay and in Haiti and in Brazil. So, you know, that also introduces the possibility of us even expanding to other languages, which is like a really, really long-term goal that we're looking at as well. But basically there, the need is great um, all over the world. And it's definitely kind of overwhelming to balance, like, you know, we're making this impact in this small community, but then there's also like hundreds of other communities that, that, you know, struggle with the same things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that- there's something really special about about partnering with organizations within scavenger communities because of the social stigma that's associated with being a member mm-hmm. of these communities. I think that, you know, the just in general, walking down the street, if you're from Zona 3 instead of Zona 1, or, yeah, it's, there's a definite social stigma and people really look down mm-hmm. on you. And even the U.S. news that might be well-meaning they they titled articles like Guatemala's dirty little secret, like things like that. Mm-hmm. that that's how they refer to Zona Tres and mm-hmm. things like it around the world. So I think the, like I was talking about before with the kind of one qualitative effect mm-hmm. of Project Olas is really special within these communities because it's, yeah, a platform for people who've been stigmatized and in a lot of ways marginalized to express their strength and their story. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, as Richmond said, I think that it's very important to, you know, be able to support one community and then later grow up to another one. I think that um, it's very unique how you guys provide it. And instead of, you know, like just a span to like, oh, Central America, first, you know, go step by step after you have provided like, and sustainable and and like you guys said you know it's not only monetary but like it's more like how now they see themselves like oh i'm a teacher you know that's something that brings themselves to an identity and that people um the continue and the stigma of you know the society have created around where they live is now now they see themselves as something else rather than what the society throughout the community have let them think that they are. And I think that I really like the position of both of you, how um, you want to continue creating it through like other countries, but at the same time, you guys want to make sure you are providing enough for each community that you guys are working. Um, As we know, and that, is uh, Guatemala. Um, I know Guatemala has over 20 languages that they spoke. You know, um, one of the, you know, the main one that they speak in this, in, mainly in the city is Spanish. Uh, but I know they, um, they when you go to outside of the cities, you can hear like Cachiquel, Mam, another Ichil, and um, Garifunas, and another, you know, native languages. Um, as we continue talking about how language and gives you connected, I wanted to ask you guys, do you guys think that in the future, are you guys would like to have classes in different languages that is Spanish for others that would love to learn, like let's say, Cachiquel or Mam with those in those communities, or you guys are will only want it to be focused just in Spanish? I think 
I mean, I would love to expand to offering mm-hmm. indigenous languages as well. Um, I think we just, I mean, we're, we're a business as well, so we have to put mm-hmm. demand for it on this side. But I think mm-hmm. that it, it could be really interesting, to, especially talking with heritage speakers, to see if they'd be mm-hmm. interested in, in expanding to other languages within Central America. Because I, I think that is so, so important. And it's really sad the way a lot of a lot of languages are dying out to mm-hmm. kind of the bigger languages that are that yeah like I don't I think um, French Spanish and Portuguese are mm-hmm. kind of and same thing with English in the U.S. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think that's something we've definitely thought about and I think maybe a something we can do sooner is incorporate mm-hmm. indigenous language into our Spanish lessons, because I think mm-hmm. there's, there's more possibility for that right now. Because mm-hmm. obviously the, obviously, and unfortunately the market of um, learners of other languages, indigenous, other indigenous languages are, is much smaller in the U S specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, I know like the demand is mainly like Spanish, Portuguese, French, and you know, those who have right. a bigger audience, but I, I feel like, um, for, you know, personally like myself or, or someone like, uh, well, Susie is not here, but you know, like others would love to know more, a little bit of, you know, just introduction or something like that. And I think Absolutely. that, um, yeah, I'm very glad that you guys ha- are open to the possibility to, you know, be able to incorporate that maybe in the future I, I know you guys have only been for six months but i know you guys mm-hmm. have such a wonderful goals and i know you guys have a bright future ahead of you um yeah do you- that means so much to us <laughs> <laughs> oh don't worry um no i'm very glad and very interested of how everything uh is going well for it both of you and then the entire team i know we couldn't have the entire team today here but i we um uh, we hope Project Olas continue growing. Do you guys want to share in like your social media, everything? Everything will be down like in our notes, but you guys want to say anything, add to your website or anything, direct the audience to? Yeah, Absolutely. go Rishma. Drop your communications. is my thing. Um, so yeah, you can visit our website at www.projectolas.com. So there you can find more information about us, meet our team, um, sign up for lessons directly on our website. So that's under our Start a Conversation page. Um, and it's super, super easy to sign up. You just select the the plan that you want, and then you'll be put in contact with someone from our team immediately. Um, and then within our social media, our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn is at Project Olas. So um, it's a great way to learn more about what we offer and stay connected with us. So highly recommend that you visit our website, explore it um, and follow us on social media. And and something we really pride ourselves on is um, being able to communicate in an organic and friendly way with anyone. Um, So if someone wants to talk face to face about lessons and wants to learn more or needs help signing up, that's something that we're more than happy to do. So um, yeah. yeah, we're info at projectolas.com if you want to send us an email and at projectolas on all of the things LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, but like Rishma yeah. said, definitely check out our website and our social media. Yeah, and just I guess one one point, especially with the audience of this podcast, I think um, 
you know, just because you may be fluent in Spanish is not a barrier to signing up for lessons with OLAS. We have um, multiple students who are native Spanish speakers who still love conversing with their moms and having um, beautiful conversations with them every week. So we're open to anyone at all who's interested in speaking with a mom. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And like I said, um, everything will be like down below in our notes, uh, website, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And thank you both of you to taking your time and to come to talk to us and share this amazing project. Thank you, Alejandra. Thank you. I appreciate it. Don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Also follow us on Instagram at Centan Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Centan Voices Pod for more updates. And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode.